This time on Geek Pod Blue. You have no idea how much I miss bread. I miss it so much. Warning, station is now code blue. edition of Geek Pod Blue. I'm your host Hugh and I currently have a headache the size of Paul's ego but that is not going to stop me from recording Geek Pod Blue for all of you. Now I originally planned on doing something a little different this week. I had a uh, story in mind. I wanted to talk about dark rides. Now Laura, a dark ride is not something you'll find on Urban Dictionary and it's also not something you're going to find on black.com so don't get any ideas Nick. Uh, we're going to shelve that for, you know, a little closer to Halloween. Uh, because when I got up this morning, I discovered suddenly that the world was going to end. Or at least that's what some people are saying. Now, I got up and I opened the Washington Post and discovered, along with a lot of other news sources, that apparently the world is going to end on September 23rd. Now, uh, this stems back to uh, something that was already debunked, actually. It was an idea that there's this strange hidden planet called Nibiru, and it was surrounded by dwarf planets, and it is on the edge of our solar system, and it was going to be on a collision course with Earth, and everybody should get ready because it's all going to be over soon. Now, a few years ago, a NASA a space scientist by the name of David Morrison debunked this. You know, he said there's no planet there. Uh, it's not a brown dwarf surrounded by planets. You know, there, there's nothing out there. And if there was something out there that could potentially collide with Earth, we would know about it a lot sooner. It's not going to just appear out of nowhere because that's not how these things work. Uh, but this particular doomsday theory has gotten some more attention in the past few days uh, because an, an actual date has been added uh, to an astro astronomical event that's supposed to lead to Earth's destruction. Now, the person putting this forth is uh, somebody by the name of David Mead, and he says on September 23rd, um, the rapture is going to happen. You know, there's going to be some astrological event that kicks off the end of the world. Now, it's not going to be that the world ends on the 23rd, but that is going to be the beginning. Now, he bases this idea mostly on verses and numerical codes that he's found in the Bible. One particular number he is uh, kind of obsessed with is the number 33. Now, he says things like, you know, Jesus lived for 33 years. The name Elohim, which is the name of God to the Jews, was also mentioned in the Bible 33 times. Uh, he says it's a very biblically significant number, and you know, he believes that taking astrology and um, biblical philosophy and history, you can merge the two to figure out when the world is going to start to end. Now, September 23rd is going to be 33 days since the August 21st solar eclipse, which uh, this gentleman believes uh, was an omen. Now, he says uh, in the book of Revelation, which is supposed to describe the end of the world, he says that an image will appear on the sky that day when Nibiru is supposed to rear its ugly head, eventually bringing fire, storms, and other types of destruction. Uh, in the book he wrote, and I forgot the name of the book... But if you give me two seconds, oh, it's a Christian publication. It's called Unsealed. 
So he says that a, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head who gives birth to a boy who will rule all nations with an iron scepter while she is threatened by a red seven-headed dragon. The woman then grows wings of an eagle and is swallowed up by the earth. Sounds like a fucking moron. Uh, but regardless, you know, th this is kind of crazy. You know, they're saying that the constellation uh, of the woman or the constellation of Virgo represented the woman. And she would be closed in sunlight because of the eclipse and the planet Jupiter, which was inside Vertigo, was in a room and blah, 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 blah. Uh, basically, he's saying all of these things that happened in the eclipse are all leading to the beginning of the end of the world. And he's not saying it's going to end Saturday. He's just saying the prophecies that appear in the book of Revelation are going to manifest that day, leading to a series of catastrophic events that will happen over the next few weeks. He says that the world is not ending, but the world as we know it is ending. And a major part of the world will not be the same the beginning of October. Now, you know, this is, this is crazy, because first of all, in doing a little research on this, I discovered that there is no such thing as a Christian Christian numerologist. Um, what uh, basically is happening, and uh, Ed Setzer, a professor and executive director of Wheaton College, Billy Graham Center for Evangelism, uh, came out and said, you've basically got a made-up expert in a made-up field talking about a made-up event. It sort of justifies that there's a special number code in the Bible that nobody knows about or believes. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, somebody going, hey, I'm going to make up this thing that isn't real, and come up with theories based on facts that aren't real as well kind of sounds like religion to me so this really isn't that much of a stretch uh while numbers do have significance in the bible you know they're not they don't generally make uh sweeping predictions or, or uh, about things like planetary motions and the end of the world uh, he also says whenever someone tells you they have found a secret number code in the bible end the conversation everything else he or she says can be discounted I would have said when someone says they found something in the Bible, but that's just me. You know, I mean, now it's fine for people who are Christian, you know, to believe in some of these prophecies. I get that. And I should probably say, since we haven't, you know, I've put little uh, digs here and there, but we haven't really talked about religion on the show that much. And this is my show, so I can say what I want. Um, I, I think everyone knows I am clearly an atheist. And I believe that religion has its place. It certainly had its place, you know, thousands of years ago when we ne needed to be told not to, you know, fuck our cousins and our own kids and eat each other and all that kind of stuff. You know, it kept people in line. I get that. Uh, now, I don't think we need it. It's more of like a, a rock around our necks pulling us down. Now, if anybody listening out there, if going to church makes you happy, if it lifts you up, if it allows you to live your life in a positive way, you know, if, it, 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 if you need that, then I say go for it. I don't want to take that away from anybody. You know, we all have stupid things or little things that aren't, aren't really important in the cosmic scheme of things that make us happy. You know what? I am thrilled with the fact that I get three or four hours playing Elder Scrolls online every single morning. Is that an important event in the course of my history or human history? Absolutely not. But you know what? It, it makes the rest of my life a little brighter. And I have something to look forward to, and it brings me joy, and I get to start my work day after I've played in a positive mood. Uh, I wouldn't want somebody saying to me, video games are dumb, you shouldn't play those, you're 40 years old, shouldn't you grow up by now? You know, because that wouldn't be fair, and it's not fair for me to say that you believing in God or religion or things like that is something you shouldn't do. I believe that if it fills a hole and it doesn't hurt anybody else, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, I guess my big problem comes from when religion causes wars and conflicts, and it tells other people who aren't part of that religion what they can do or what they can do with their bodies or their minds or or whatever. I, I don't believe that 
religion should have the power it does, and I think that religion has caused, now has caused more problems than it solved. That may not have been the case two or three thousand years ago, but now that is certainly what I believe. Now, we know that this planet Nibru is not going to be hitting us on the 23rd, because had it done that, its gravity would have thrown all the planets off, and you know it would have the, the moon would be gone. I mean, there, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that would have happened as it basically steamrolled through our solar system. So obviously, this truly isn't going to happen. But it's a big enough story that it's all over the news. So I, you know, I gotta say, you know, if anybody sees this in the news, if they hear anything about it. Um, don't get scared. Don't freak out. The world truly is not going to end. I guarantee that. I promise you that. Um, I will say that an observation I take away from this is, as I watch from the outside, I watch religions and religious people. It seems that, you know, people that are supposed to be all about love and life and forgiveness are always focused on hate, anger, and the end of the world. And uh, I suppose if I was an alien looking on this planet, I'd be looking at one group of people that claim to be morally superior who can't wait for the world to end. And then there's the other group who's unassuming, who really don't want to change the way you live. Just, you know, leave us alone and let us believe what we want to believe and want to make the planet a better place. I mean, if you look at any group of atheists or humanists, I mean, most of us, yeah, we, we have moral centers. We have moral compasses. We really just want to leave the world a little better than we left it. Uh, I suppose if, if you know if you know for a fact that the world is going to end, you don't have to worry about making things better. My view on that, I guess, is this is the one life I've got. This is the one planet we have. This is all there is. So we need to make the most of it. Uh, I guess I'm not qualified to say which one of those viewpoints is right, but I do know which one makes the most sense to me. Uh, and what definitely makes sense to me is the world is not going to start ending this Saturday in the middle of Syracuse, New York Comic-Con. Oh my God, I wonder if that is the first sign of the apocalypse, day two of the Comic-Con. That's Saturday, right? I think it's Saturday. Uh, we're totally going to run with this. Day two of the con signifies the end of the world. And that's going to be it for the lead story this week, kids. Uh, thank you for listening to me while I rambled with this massive, massive headache brought on by... Yes, we've started dieting again, and my wife decided that we were going to go low-carb this time. I weighed myself this morning. I shit you not. You, everyone remembers when I started my weight loss journey, I'm doing air quotes, um, a year and a half ago. Today, I weigh more than I did when I started that. What a disappointment. But we started over again, and it, our you know first day, limited calories, limited carbs, limited everything. My head is killing me. I really just want to reach out and strangle someone, but I won't do that because I have a strong moral compass due to being an atheist. What I am going to do, though, is whip up some news for your guys' ears. And it is time for the news, and since I recorded the lead story on Monday, there's been a lot of stuff happening in the world, and I certainly began to question whether or not the world actually was going to end on Saturday, uh, only because we've had multiple earthquakes, and, you know, the Caribbean is just completely flattened at this point with all of these storms, and, man, that's just really concerning. There's a lot of stuff going on. I don't actually think there's a biblical prophecy that's going to destroy the world, but uh, I certainly think that, man, all of these natural disasters we keep getting, these bad storms, kind of makes you think. I mean, oh, man, you know, it's like, what else could be causing it? It's not like there's anything that, that humans do that could be causing all of these storms to uh, appear in the... Oh, hold on. My, my wife uh, just came to the door. What was that, honey? Oh, 
I left the F-150 running in the driveway. Both of them? All morning. Oh, that's not good. G could you go shut those off for me? I, 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 you know, I'd really like to keep what we have left of the Caribbean islands for our next cruise. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Anyway, um, no, I, I jest. I jest. Uh, I don't actually have a, an F-150. Um, not even just one. Uh, we drive a very tiny Nissan Rogue. You know the, the black one that you see everywhere? Our last car was the purple one that you saw everywhere at the time because Nissan was really trying to get rid of those. Uh, so I don't want you guys to think I'm actually out there leaving my cars running and polluting the atmosphere. So then you'll go on Facebook and start all sorts of drama and craziness. Uh, which brings us to our first, our first news story of the week, uh, which is this weekend is the Syracuse, New York Comic Con at the SRC Arena. That is probably the biggest news story if you live here locally. I am not going to get into who all is going to be there because I want you to go to the Facebook page. I want you to click on it. I want you to like it. I want you to say you're going. Uh, go check it out. It's going to be three days of awesomeness, and GeekPod is going to be there, uh, probably the whole team uh, rotating throughout the weekend. So please... Uh, Come check check the show out. Come check us out. Uh, we may be doing a panel at some point. It's just going to be a lot of fun and a lot of like-minded people getting together to celebrate all the things that they love. Oh, now, on to uh, entertainment news. Uh, there are rumors swirling that the Inhumans may have already been canceled. Now, there are conflicting stories, but a poster has surfaced that ABC is using to promote the show that is touting you know Inhumans as the complete series. This same piece of promotional art previously... Uh, a few months ago said the first series so it's kind of looking like maybe abc is already pulling the plug on the show considering all the bad uh, and negative reviews and talk around the show now i certainly think we should let it broadcast and let the viewers decide uh, but man that that does not look good at all in more bad news for marvel tv uh, it's come out this week that defenders is uh, netflix least watch marvel series since they began doing them now this is an independent company that does these uh, these ratings because Netflix doesn't actually release its viewership figures. Uh, and they also look at things over a longer period of time. This is just looking at the first 30 days, whereas Netflix looks at this at a much longer period because there may be people... I mean, I know people right now who have, probably haven't watched Defenders because they haven't finished Daredevil Season 2. <clears throat> uh, but... Uh, Definitely, I, I don't know if maybe the uh, the shine is wearing off or maybe just people haven't gotten around to it. I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, I, know, I know people said that there were issues. I, it wasn't without its problems. I guess what really shocked me, it was only eight episodes long. I wasn't expecting that. We got to the eighth episode and then it was done. And I was, I can, I'm thinking to myself, there's like four or five more episodes of this, and but it looks like the story's done. What's going on? Uh, you know, I still think it was certainly worth it, and I'm looking forward to whatever they throw out next, which should be Punisher if they ever announce a release date a trailer i did drop for that on tuesday if you haven't seen it i'm sorry well tuesday no it was wednesday uh if you have not seen it go check that out in movie news uh we have now uh, found out that linda hamilton will be joining uh, arnold schwarzenegger and james cameron for uh terminator i believe it's six the new terminator movie james cameron is coming back to try to uh to pick up the pieces it's being um uh, pitched as a direct sequel uh, to uh, Terminator 2. Uh, they're going to ignore the continuity from the other ones, which is happening an awful lot these days. Uh, people just cherry-picking the movies they want to count and not count when they're making sequels. Uh, this is supposed to kick off a uh, new trilogy, and they are saying that there is going to be some young protagonists that uh, they are going to be handing things off to. So it looks like Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger are there to pass the baton, so to speak. In a very similar story, 
uh, we have known we were going to get a new Halloween story or movie for a long time. What we didn't know is that it was going to feature Jamie Lee Curtis. Over the weekend, a uh, picture came out, I believe it was on Twitter or Instagram, uh, but it showed uh, Michael Myers in the background uh, standing on a porch, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, standing in the foreground, and the uh, tagline was something along the lines of same porch, same clothes, same problems, I believe it said. And uh, she is dressed as she was in the uh, original movies. Uh, it seems like this is going to be a sequel to either Halloween 1 or 2. Not entirely sure which way they're taking this, but they're going to ignore the rest of the movies, including the one where she died, um, the, the character of Laurie Strode died, which was Halloween Resurrection. Now, without knowing what the story is, I, I don't know if it's necessary to jettison a ton of movies in order to do this. I certainly would have preferred that they, they kept Halloween H2O in that uh, canon because I thought it was a great story and it showed a natural and flawed progression for her character. And, I, you know, it's not like the death from Resurrection couldn't be retconned somehow. If I remember, he pushed her out a window or something. Uh, they, they, they could find a way to get out of that if they wanted to. I think it's a little odd to get rid of all this history. Now, along with two Star Trek timelines, we have... Um, uh, two two Terminator timelines. Well, like Terminator has like ten timelines. We've got two Halloween timelines. It's all getting a little confusing, but I am excited to see Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis back in the role of Laurie Strode. Now, uh, Ron Howard is teasing some things from the set of the Han Solo movie. Uh, if you've been paying attention, uh, he just released a picture uh, with a caption teasing the Kessel Run, uh, which if you're a fan of Star Wars, you know uh, Han Solo's the the only ones who ever beat the Kessel Run. I want to say it was 12 parsecs, and Andrew will punch me if I, I got that wrong, uh, but I don't actually recall the number. But it is, you know, something from the past of Han Solo, and if you're going to do a Han Solo uh, origin movie or young Han Solo movie, it makes sense to put the Kessel Run in there. Uh, next up, if you've been paying attention, it is now the highest grossing horror movie of all time. It has broke all records. It is a huge, huge success. A new line could not be happier. Now, that's great news. I hear it's great. I still have not had a chance to see it, but my wife and I are trying to make time to go to the movie theater and use those free movie passes we have. However, now the rumors are that the second film may be split into two because, you know, that's what they like to do these days. You know, they're looking at, hey, this was huge. We have one more film coming. What if we had th two more paydays coming? Uh, I I'm sure that they can fill in the blanks and come up with good movie there, but it really does bother me when they split things into two movies that don't have to be two movies only for profits. I mean, I was upset about the fact that, you know, hey, it may be great, but it's going to be two parts, which means I'm going to go spend money to watch this movie, and then I'm going to have to wait in a year and a half to get the... Uh, the rest of the movie. Now, I, this could be a, you know, four-year wait to get the entire uh, story, to be able to watch it. I, I think that's a little crazy, uh, but hey, whatever. We'll just have to wait and see how it works out. Um, Joss Whedon has apparently cut Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor from Justice League completely. Now, Eisenberg had come out uh, previously and said that he was going to be in Justice League, uh, but the rumors are that uh, Joss has completely eliminated him from the story. Now, Zack Snyder did come out and say this week that he is going to be uh, moving on to new new things, new movies, and he's not going to, to go back to uh, putting his hands directly in Justice League. He's still serving 
uh, as executive producer overall for uh, Warner Brothers movies, but he said he did not feel it would be fair to Joss or the cast to walk back in and start running things again, especially considering how much work Joss has put into the movie. Now, with all those back and forth, you know, he changed a lot. No, he didn't change a lot. I would say uh, Snyder's statement says a lot, and it sounds to me like this is not entirely the movie he originally envisioned, but he likes what he's seeing. Finally, have you ever wanted to visit Laura Palmer's house? Yes, that Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Now, uh, if you watched Twin Peaks, you probably saw in the very final episode of uh, Twin Peaks The Return, uh, Agent Cooper goes back uh, to Twin Peaks and goes to the house where Laura Palmer grew up. And when they knock on the door, there's somebody completely new living there. Now, this is the same house that was used in the original series. And uh, apparently this house has been, uh, well, tried to be visited in the past by fans, but the previous owner uh, wouldn't have any of it. They, they said, no, get out, don't want anything to do with it. Well, the new owner of the house is actually the person who played the owner of the house in the show. Interestingly enough, yes, uh, David Lynch, when he uh, went to them and said, hey, we'd like to uh, use this house again for a scene, and we'd like for you to play the house owner. And she said that I did ask him uh, why he wanted us to do that, and he replied with, there are just some things you don't need to know. Well, this new owner of this house is now open to fans coming and visiting the house. Uh, they do prefer that you you know call ahead or get an appointment or something like that, but you know they're, they're excited to be part of television history and they are happy to allow the fans to see something that up until now they've not been able to see. Uh, I think, hey, that's awesome. I mean, that is super cool. Uh, certainly my hat is off to the person who owns that house because, you know, people just want to be part of something they love. And, I, you know, if my house was important in some uh, genre TV way and people were made happy just by visiting it, I would be happy to let them in, meet some new people, make some new friends. I think it would be pretty awesome. But that's just me. Your mileage may vary. And that is going to bring us to the, near to the close of the show at least. I uh, do have a couple letters to read this week in the Geek Pod Blue mailbox. First up, Al Sedano sent a question in. Let's take a look at this. It's opening. If you had to move out of New York State, what would your dream state to move to? What would be your dream state to move to? Wow, man, Al, that's tough. I love New York State. I, I don't really want to move out of New York State, um, especially considering, you know, I, I kind of have a theory about that. I'm not sure if I, I talked about this, but here's my thing. What I like about New York State is you have to go find stuff that's going to kill you, okay? I don't have to check my shoes in the morning for scorpions. I don't have to worry about there being an alligator in my backyard that's going to eat my dog or, or my kid or something like that. We don't have hurricanes, really. We don't have, you know, we have nothing but snow up here. And while there are things that can kill us up here, you know, like, you know, giant grizzly bears, you have to go looking for that shit. They generally don't just wander into town. Now, if I was going to move somewhere and not be worried about that... Oh, that's tough. I'd actually probably want to move to the Caribbean. I mean, every time we've taken a cruise and gone to the Caribbean islands, they are just so beautiful, and I would put up with the sun and the heat uh, just for that beautiful, clear blue water and those white sandy beaches. Uh, but as far as the U.S., I don't think I'd want to live anywhere else in the U.S. Uh, I really like here. Maybe Maine. You know, that's kind of even more New York than New York, or I shouldn't say that, but it's, it's more like what I'm talking about. Again, there aren't things that'll kill you unless you go looking for them. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I went down to Florida once. I had a trip down there. I saw a rhinoc rhinoceros beetle that, big enough to carry away a kid. I saw those love bugs, those bugs that have two heads and all that stuff that hurt horribly when they bite you and strip the paint off your car. I saw alligators, and I'm just like, what? 
the fuck? How do people live like this? Um, I, I just don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure it's great and I'm sure there's positives, but I don't think I'd want to be anywhere else. New York is awesome. Uh, next up, oh, why do I always do that? Thank you, Al. I gotta remember to thank people when they, it's when they're not in front of me. I th I don't think about it. So, uh, thank you very much, Al, for sending in a letter. Uh, you are one of two people that actually wrote in this week, so uh, you are one of my two favorite people right now. The other one would be Mike Fitzgerald, and Fitz writes in uh, twice actually. First up, uh, the subject line is companions. Greetings and salutations. In your opinion, who are the best, i.e. most effective, least a liability, favorite, and most underrated companions to the doctor? Um, always have a, a fond uh, or a soft spot in my heart for Charlie Pollard. Um, companion of both the 8th and the 6th doctors in the uh, Big Finish audios. Uh, who else do I really, really like? You know, it's tough because I, I guess Nyssa really wasn't a liability. I and mean, she was almost like having another Time Lord there. And I would say Nyssa or Ramana probably were the most effective, period, because they were able to almost compete with the Doctor on his level. Now, I know the new show kind of likes to take humans and elevate them to show they can do things, to, but really they can't because they're not Time Lords. Uh, you know, Rose had to like suck the entire... Uh, hardest matrix into her to be able to uh, compete on that level and it almost killed her and did kill him so I, i'm gonna say that while the the new show likes to, to try to raise normal humans up i think nissa and uh, ramana who are both exceptional one of them being a time lord one of them being a very brilliant uh, i don't know if you call him a human being but from trocken would it be Trakanians? I don't know. Uh, those are probably the most effective, in my opinion. Follow-up question. Choose the same, but for the Geek Pod crew. Well, my most effective companion is clearly Paul, because I do the main show with him. Um, beyond that, I think the rest of them are pretty much Adric. But that's just my opinion. Let's look at the next letter from Mike. All right, he says, as I write this email, I am at the Route 57 Wegmans in Liverpool, New York, where I have locked my keys inside my car. The patio area is comfortable and well-lit. Soft rock from an exterior store speaker calms me. As lovely as a paradise this is, I long to return home, because I believe there is a new episode of The Orville on the four, I think he means Fox, and I'm really enjoying the series. If AAA never arrives, please let my family know that I love them and do not delete my shows. Sincerely, Michael Allen Fitzgerald. Uh, if it's, I wish I had known because I would have reached right out to them. Uh, I literally don't read these letters until it's time for the letter segment. That way I can't prepare. That way I get to stumble over myself like when I should have said, uh, you know, thank you to Al. Uh, just to put me on the spot, uh, if you ever need me to uh, reach out to somebody in an emergency type fashion, you might want to hit me up through Facebook. Uh, but yeah, that that sounds awful, but I hope you got to watch the Orville. I am looking forward to, uh, I don't know if they broadcasted it Sunday and then Thursday again, but yeah, I watched the first episode. Uh, I like it really good. The critics don't like it, but it really feels like Star Trek to me, right down to the music. Whoever's writing the music, this feels like Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, I am absolutely loving it, and the humor, pretty much spot on for me. I've never really watched a lot of Seth MacFarlane stuff. You know, I'm not a family guy guy. Huh? See what I did there? But, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's just sophomore-ish enough to, to kind of pull you out for a second, but none of it is so bad that it, it doesn't fit with the, the overall theme and feel of the show. So I think the Orville's fantastic. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it as well. We'll have to talk about it uh, Friday and Saturday at the Syracuse New York Comic Con, which is where I am going to be heading in 12, 13, 14, 15 short hours. Yeah, I think about 15 hours. So 
Uh, thank you, Mike, for writing in. That is going to wrap up the show for this week. Make sure you tune in next week when I'm sure I'm going to be scraping con crud off my microphone and out of my nose and popping Hall's cough drops like you wouldn't believe. You know, it's nice for people who get to go for one day and enjoy it and then leave, but if you go to a con for multiple days in a row, you generally end up sick. Anyway, till then, tuck and roll, kids. GeekPod Blue is a GeekPod Network production. Executive producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. Want to help the show? Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. GeekPod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod. That's G33KPOD. You can also find GeekPod on Facebook and Instagram. G33KPOD. That's G33KPOD.